You look pretty. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Sydney Sullivan, and my guest is Johan Nigera. Hello, Johan. Hello there. How are you? Um, pretty good. I had a very a sleepy weekend, so we're excited. <laughs> and the reason we wanted to do another podcast together was that another show was to to tell you about our new mastermind, which came about as a result of talking for a while about collaborating and what could we collaborate on. So why did we decide on a mastermind, Johan? Well, it's been three years in discussions, I think. And we always talk about how we're always helping all these amazing people and how one little conversation, you know, got this person to go into this direction, which then got them all these results. And Sid, I think right on, up on your left, there is a little red book that I can see there. You, we were talking about that one before. Do you want to share the story about how that happened? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I was out helping people write books, although I really wanted to help them with their marketing because I'm getting much, much more excited about a book as a tool in, a, in an entire package that's long-term and sustainable. And Julie uh, actually saw my, my book publishing package for sale. I wasn't even selling it. One of my affiliates was, was offering it at his event. And she rushed up and bought it because she had already written a book because so many people kept asking her how she had made over a million dollars adding Airbnb to her real estate agency to help with holiday rentals that were only, you know, that were empty a lot of the time when, when it was off season. So she had the book, but she didn't know how to publish it. She bought my package. We worked together really well. Those are your dream clients, the ones that you, they just go, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it, right? So she, she, we got her book published really quickly because she knew what a powerful tool it was gonna be for her. And immediately uh, we got some printed and she sent them into the local media. So she lived in a small town up in Cairns, Australia, right? You know, it's, it's not a huge place, very holiday centric. And so she got it into the hands of the local newspaper. And of course, what's one of the biggest sections of the newspapers that's still full of ads and everything? It's the real estate section, right? So the real estate section are always looking for interesting success stories. And um, they put her on the cover of their weekend magazine, you know, big color section, telling all about she, how she found this new way of filling holiday properties. And then the because she was in the newspaper, she also sent it out to like the local tourism magazines and they started telling her story because they're always looking for content and they uh then she sent it to the local newspaper new, oh, sorry tv stations and next thing she knew she was getting a call hey this is today tonight which is a big show in australia do you mind if we if we send in a camera crew and, and tell your story right at your office so she laughs that it was a ponytail day but she just showed up she was like sure right and they, they came in they did a, a tv show about her so now she was in the local paper big color, you know, front page, uh, front cover of the, of the magazine, got on, on TV. And when they do those TV segments, if it's a good news story like that and it's something interesting, they don't just show it once. They do ads all through the week, you know, like, hey, don't miss it on Thursday night. You know, they start that on like the Thursday before. So she, for a whole week, she was on TV all through the day. And she really turned into a celebrity in town, as you can imagine. But the really cool thing was that when these articles started coming out and she started showing up on TV, the phones in her office started ringing like crazy with, with real estate owners, you know, people who had properties saying, wow, you know, can you list my property? Can you put it on Airbnb or can you sell my property? And she actually, I remember the week after uh, she, her, her book came out and she sent it to the local media, 
she called me and said, oh my God, we've done like almost a quarter of a million new listings in our agency already in the first two weeks. And, um, and then what happened was she started getting more national attention. And as her book started to get better and better, and we actually got, we set up a national media campaign as well and got her on some of the really big national real estate sites and a bigger agency, a really big agency that was establishing themselves particularly in Airbnb, came to her and asked if they could buy out her agency, but they offered her a ownership deal. So they paid her out in cash, but they also paid her with a percentage of shares in their company, which is a massive win because then she stays in the business, but she doesn't have to run it anymore. And she was able to cash out. And then now she's positioned herself as a consultant using the book and her, you know, her success story. And she consults to people all over the world. And right now she is crushing it on podcasts and clubhouse. And what was really awesome was that she was all cashed out, handed over the keys right before COVID hit. So she was out of real estate and out of Airbnb, except for consulting. And she still consults to the big agency and to Airbnb. And she's also now consulting uh, to other agents who want to you know, follow in her footsteps. So very exciting, really awesome story. So the question you asked me was, why start a mastermind? See, it all started off with her meeting you, you giving her direction, telling her that, you know, she can create this book. I can't remember. How long did it take you to create the book with her? Well, she had already written it. So all we had to do was get it all ready for publishing. We literally, we, we can get a book to, to, to print, a printable within, the fastest we've ever done it was in a week for somebody who was speaking at a big conference. But, I remember. And that was overseas. Like, so we were doing it in Australia and we had to get them, we had to get the books printed in the US for a US conference. But I think with hers, it took us maybe three or four weeks just because of back and forth with getting it you know, right, but not very long. And then once it was done, it turned out to be the best business card that got her media attention, uh, PR. She takes her, her she takes her book everywhere with her. She is really good about that. And wherever she, whenever she's consulting, she always takes a picture with the agency or whatever, holding up her book. <laughs> she's really great about using it on a continuous basis. She even had her business cards designed as mini versions of her book. So <laughs> that um, it reminds people that she's, you know, the best-selling author of this book. Yeah. 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 So, so that's just one example of cool things that you can do with your expertise, right? And what we get excited about is what you can do when you add a book to a book funnel, right? <laughs> that's funnel. where your expertise comes in. Just to your whole marketing. Like, you know, by the there's so many people that we meet all day, every day that are experts. They've been doing it for decades, but they're not the dominant player in the industry. Why is that? Well, it's simple. They haven't claimed their place. They haven't told people about what they do. One of the stories which I love to tell is there was a, a beer company back in, I think it was the early 60s. They were crashing down. They were, they were dying. And they, were, they hired this consultant. The consultant said, okay, tell me about your process. And they said, okay, cool. Well, we dig a well down, you know, two kilometers or whatever it is. Don't quote me on the numbers. I don't know the exact number, but it's very, very deep. They get the purest water and then they make the beer with that pure water. And the consultant went, that's the angle. So they created a whole marketing campaign around we use the purest water from the deepest you know, depths to make sure you get the most beautiful tasting beer. And, and then the funny that thing I remember, I do remember that story because it's a classic. The funny thing was that they, when the guy came back to them with his copy, they said, but, but all beer companies do that. And he goes, yeah, but they're not telling the story, right? Exactly, that's right. <laughs> And so 
you know, things like that. We did the same thing with the financial planner. We said, what is, what is your process when you meet a client? They said, well, we do an audit. Then we sit down, we work out three strategies, a high, medium, low risk uh, strategy. We then sit down with the board of directors, talk about which strategies, and then have another meeting with the client and advise them on which strategy is best for them. The whole process takes about two weeks worth of research before the client even has to make a buying decision, whether they want it or not. Now, at the start, people were saying, oh, it's $5,000, it's too much money. At the end of it, they said, oh my God, why is it only $5,000 when you've gone through and done all of this work? Now that process, every other financial planning company should be doing or does, we know that they do, but they don't talk about it. Except these guys said, this is what we do and this is how we do it. And the people's in their minds, it changed to why is it so cheap? Mm. So yes, little- like so I've just started working with a marketing team that the very I could tell he was different right from the beginning. Um, he said, I'm gonna spend a few hours interviewing you. I wanna I wanna get your story right from childhood, right? So I told all my stories of how I grew up and how I built this business. And I took a business that had been actually gone bankrupt five times by five previous owners and turned it into a successful catering business and, on, and sold it. And then I did it again. And then I went and worked corporate and I, and I you know, used my catering experience in the corporate arena and then uh, started doing it with houses and other businesses. And he said to me, after listening to my story, he was like, I see. You're, you think differently. You think differently from most people in business. You're always, you're not looking for, so what I noticed after he sort of helped me see that was that um, the five people who'd gone broke in the restaurant that I was successful in, they came in with an idea of how they were going to run that business. They were chefs or, you know, people who thought they were going to make it work the way it used to work before they took all the parking away and made it into a highway, right? And whereas I was flexible, I was basically whatever will work in this business, I will adjust to. And I realized that I was in a very rich neighborhood that people weren't going to come to my little restaurant to, to eat. But if I would bring the food to them, they would be happy to pay big dollars for that, right? So, um, and we're talking like 30 years ago before Uber Eats and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it was really, I think it's a what makes us a bit different from a lot of other people that are in business is we have a flexibility of thinking that we've developed for, for years. And that's what makes the difference between a business that's very, you know, that's struggling and hardly profitable to a six to seven figure business, something that's scalable, repeatable. And you and I were talking about this earlier today in that we were saying that somebody said to me recently, why didn't you launch this earlier? All you had to do was start setting appointments and get people into the mastermind. And I went, I don't want, a, I've been doing that for 10 years. I want to, I want to build an automated business that once you build it, it just, it just works like a dream, right? And you agreed with me. You said, same here. We've just sold our businesses. We're now looking for long-term sustainable growth, right? Right, exactly. There's, you know, where every business owner goes into business for freedom, time, money. Most people don't like to talk about money, but hey, if you're in business, I know you like money. And it's, it might not be a great thing. It might be just so that you can provide for your family, your communities, to change the world, whatever it is. And that is the reason why most people get into business. And, but they don't end up having that because they don't have any systems. And so they end up working 16 hours a day. They end up sacrificing their family time, sacrificing holidays, all those things. Um, you know, I did that when I, when I first built my first business. 
by the third business, I learned the power of systemization. I learned that I could leverage this amazing thing called the internet. You know, you're watching this, you're using the internet right now. I'm probably asleep somewhere while, the while you're watching this, but that's the power of leverage and systems. We have tools that can work for us. Everything is now a level playing field because you have access to the same tools as the big giant corporations, but you have the ability to be nimble and be able to be agile and move quickly and make quick decisions, whereas they're stuck in red tape. Therefore, let, let's talk about COVID. You know, when COVID hit, all these restaurants, they had to shut, they couldn't have people come into them. They used to be packed, now they can't have people coming in. So they, a lot of them were going crazy, but the smart ones, what did they do? They said, okay, people are sitting at home, they're bored, they're on their apps, let's advertise to them on every food delivery app there is. There's one restaurant down the street, they were on about 10 apps. And I went to the owner and I started talking to him. He said, we have never been so busy. He goes, even after this thing is done, we are never gonna open up the way we used to be. We're just gonna, just gonna they've created a cloud kitchen. They're just there, they have everybody in there just making food, making food, making food and pumping it out. They had lines. When I rocked up, I thought this is lines of people. No, those were lines of delivery drivers ready to pick up the food so that they can take it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? This, yeah. And they built an efficient system. This is McDonald's on, on steroids, you know? Well, well, um, one of my clients had a pub and uh, they had to shut down because of COVID and they took, uh, basically what they did was they had a whole kitchen full of food, as you can imagine, because they were used to being very, very busy. So they immediately offered a home delivery service. They cooked up as much as they could, keep their staff employed. You know, they got everybody in the kitchens. They cooked up as much as they could. They put as much in the freezer as they could. And they started offering home delivery service this was immediately. And then anything that was left over, they donated to the uh, local hospitals and, you know, old people's, uh, the retirement villages and everything and created a lot of goodwill because this was a small town. And as soon as they were, and that kept them going, they were, you know, actually the, the food delivery business was very, very successful. And then they could get a lot of their staff in cars driving, you know, doing the deliveries. And then when COVID allowed them to reopen it, what ended up happening was, um, this is on the border of Queensland. So a lot of people who couldn't get into Queensland for a holiday started coming to this wine town for their, um, you know, for their holidays. So business was booming and all the locals came in droves because they'd been able to enjoy this lovely home cooked meals and because of the goodwill, because they got a lot of media as well. You know, I love my media, but they did a lot of media around the, uh, around the fact that they were giving away all the food that, that you know, was going to go to waste. So, so these are sure. great stories, but now why do we want people to come and join us in our mastermind? Cause we can talk about, we love talking about this stuff, but we really want to help other businesses. Don't we define these, yeah. these systems? We, we live and breathe business. The amount of, um, experience and expertise between us and not only between us like i don't claim to be the smartest person in the room but man am i surrounded by some incredible incredible people who anything that i can visualize literally they turn it into reality so the teams that we have available the people the friends the networks you know um yeah we it's i love business and so do you and so through business i believe that we can change the world Business owners are the ones that drive the economy. Business owners are the ones who employ more people. The more successful your business, the more value you add into people's lives. You think about the biggest businesses in the world, it's all about adding value. Why is uh, you know, Facebook such a big thing? Because it adds value to people's lives. Debatable, I know, but without it, we would not ever be able to connect, right? Apple, Steve Jobs, how many people are using iPhones? Google, YouTube, all of this is adding value to our lives. 
Therefore, those are the biggest companies in the world. How can we, if with that mentality, how can we take your business, yours as in the person listening to this, and make it so big that it's adding so much value to so many people that all of that comes back to you in comma points. And comma points are your bank account. You know, the more but value- also the reason we love, we love masterminds is that you don't have to figure it out on your own. You know, you put um, 100 smart people into a mastermind and break them into categories where they get the best fit. Yeah, then yeah. You're, um, you're actually, you're, you, you've got a whole group working together for free to help yeah. you. Like, I mean, we do have this very, very small fee to join our mastermind. <laughs> to cover our admin. We're actually doing an incredibly low founding members rate of just- Don't tell them, they can look at the page. Because we may not, it won't last for long. We've only got a few spots for the founding members. But basically what we want to do is, I have set a goal with my Millionaires Training Foundation that we want to empower a thousand millionaires. So I've got my work cut out for me. I need your help. I need you guys to all become millionaires and become part of the ripple effect. And Johan's been doing it for many, many years now. He's been working with big corporates and they'll pay him anything up to, gosh, what was your highest, your highest price uh, client? <laughs> uh, we just did one for a million bucks. So. And, and they pay you that because they know that you're going to, you, whatever you're going to implement for them Correct. is going to give about, them exponential. It's about return, return on investment. They yeah. know that that million is going to turn into 10 for them. That's easy. It's, and again, so when I talk, about, I, sometimes when I talk about numbers, people get a bit freaked out, but numbers are just numbers. You know, to these guys, a million bucks in their budget, they're selling, you know, $1.2 billion a year. It, mm. A million bucks makes nothing. Uh, to a company that's doing a million dollars in revenue, $100,000 is a great investment to set up all your automation because that can replace $600,000 worth of stuff in your business, exactly. all these kinds. Anyway, yeah, we can, yeah. We well, yeah, I've been I've been trying to encourage my clients to think about what they could sell for $100,000 a year, for instance. And at first, they're like, Oh, my gosh, I couldn't sell anything. And I, I said, Look, think about it this way. Could you deliver something that replaces one person or two people in their team, because they'll be paying that person at least 50 to $100,000 if they've got, you know, if they're worth their salt, right? Um, so if, if your program actually replaces that person, especially if it replaces them, ongoing right or makes your gives you economies of scale or improvements in your business so uh what that's what we do we, we help our our clients think bigger think faster smarter and uh, we're very excited to do it in a mastermind environment because it's something where you're in a group and you can bring best of breed like so um what, what, what i love is getting into masterminds where you've got lots of smart people implementing a lot of really cool strategies and then sharing saying hey this is what's helped we're doing uh, you know, evergreen webinars, and we're getting these these kind of numbers using this kind of marketing, or we're doing YouTube marketing, and this is how we're using it. And all these, you know, everybody knows about Facebook advertising, and they know about Google advertising. But the hot new trends are like TikTok and Snapchat and, and uh, YouTube, right? Yep, exactly. Like YouTube is now converting way better than Facebook. But most of the people direct their, their marketing budgets to Facebook, which is cool. So you know, when you're part of a mastermind, it's not one plus one equals two, one plus one equals five. Because when you have two amazing minds together working on one problem, you come up with solutions that you could never have imagined. And that's why it's called a mastermind. Now add in three, four, five other people who not only have experience, I'm talking about decades of experience, but also knowledge around the tools. So we have some, some people in, you know, in our organization who are young, they're 20, 25. 
But these guys are so smart when it comes to technology. They know it by heart. Whereas the ones who are 50, 60, they have the business acumen because they've been doing business for so long. And they go, I wonder how I can solve that problem. And one of the young guys will go, well, that's easy. You just integrate Zapier and then it zaps from here to there and it populates a database and here you go, it's all done. They're like, okay, let's do it. Whereas by themselves, this guy's information about how to zap information from one system to the other is kind of useless. You know, uh, other than his niche. And this guy trying to figure it out all by himself would take him probably a week. But now he doesn't need to because in one second, this guy's going, this is how you do it. Let me do it for you. I, like, I gave another great example. Um, I was in a mastermind the other day where um, one of the guys said, look, I, uh, we were talking about media and he was like, I only market to CEOs, but how do I find just CEOs? And it was to the rest of us, it was kind of like, how do you not know how to market to CEOs? But for him, he was really trapped in his limited thinking and his limited experience, right? He was like, but my clients are very, very high end. I can only market to the, to the leaders and CEOs of the companies. And we all started saying, well, what about CEO magazine and entrepreneur magazine and Forbes magazine? You know, you can take ads on their websites and in their magazines, right? What about associations? What about CEO groups? What about, you know, and we, we all started pitching in uh, the benefit of our experience with marketing to CEOs. And it was a huge a paradigm shift for him because just because he didn't know it was there didn't mean that it didn't exist right exactly yeah and you, know, you don't know what you don't know whereas putting all these minds together they do know what you don't know and therefore now you know a lot more <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the beauty of the mastermind is that everybody's there to conspire for each other's success freely and abundantly and collaboratively. And then there's the power of joint ventures. So, you know, I've had all these people that have approached me lately and said, I'm making so much money with my private equity fund. And, uh, you know, do you know anybody who'd like to get into it? And I'm like, come and join the mastermind and you'll have 200 <laughs> people that you can talk to, right? Um, or, you know, people are saying, oh my gosh, I have this crypto broker and he's making me a fortune and they want to sell me one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm like, come and be part of a community of people that are interested in investing in growth. Right? Now, so, that actually brings us to a good point. There's actually no selling in the mastermind. Don't come to the mastermind if your intention is to try and sell people into your stuff. The mastermind is about you coming in, giving, receiving, implementing, and accelerating your business. Don't, come, don't bother coming if you're gonna try and sell other people into you know, whatever you have. Well, yeah, but, that, has been, that has been something we identified that, that wasn't working in other masterminds we were in was where some of the masterminds that we've joined had been set up with the intention of, of what they called strategic alliances and joint ventures. And that is great. We love strategic alliances and joint ventures where both parties can see a fit and they say, wow, you know, you're doing like, you, you know, you do the tech stuff and I do the, the, the brand and books and stuff. And so it was a good fit because we complement, right? But um, when you, when, what, with a lot of these other masterminds, what happens is everybody's going, hey, I've got this great program. Will you promote it to your big mailing list or, or will you sell my stuff for me? And it becomes uncomfortable because you feel like, like everybody in the mastermind is trying to make you into their salesperson or make you their affiliate, right? Correct. And that's what we don't want. Correct. But we yeah. do love joint ventures, as you said. Yes. You know, just last week, we had a association, a sporting association came up to us. They said, look, We've got a database of 500,000 people. How can we add value to these guys so that they continue to renew their membership? So 500,000 people, they haven't been able to go outside and play sports and be involved actively. So what can we reward them with? 
So I called up a friend and I said, hey, look, you've got a retail store. It's got a chain of stores. It's national and it's a, it's a franchise. And so I said, how would you like to get access to 500,000 sporting people? What can you offer these guys? He said, I have that for every person on their birthday it triggers that they get a $20 voucher to go and buy new runners, new shirts, new clothes, whatever it is. It's a win for the end user. So the end user always has to win. It's a win for the retailer who's selling, who's giving away these vouchers because their cost of acquisition of their clients is now $20 from a trusted source, which is the association. The association is adding value to their members because they're getting $20 for free and they have the option to spend it on that or they don't. It's and, and the thing is, when you give away a voucher, it's not really costing you anything because a lot of them will expire worthless. And sure. <laughs> you, but you've already got, but you've gotten your brand in front of that customer, right? And yeah. the other thing is that usually, uh, look, I'm a shopper. And when I go into a shop, I'm not just going to leave with one thing that was $20. <laughs> right? so generally, you're giving away a little bit of your, you know, cost just to, to pick up a new, a new client, right? Yeah, that's how much, you know, for these guys, I asked them, I go, how much does it cost you in advertising to acquire a new client? And they said it's between 50 to $60. So I said, okay, are you happy to give away this $20 voucher? And when it's redeemed, pay $10 to the association. The association's like, wait, what? We get to promote it, plus we get a kickback. And then their fees get reduced, et cetera, plus they're involved with the state government who funds them. And so they're, they're now self-funding just through this one little venture, right? So it's a win-win-win for everyone. And that's just like one example of a joint venture. I can talk about joint ventures all day long, but I will in the mastermind. In the mastermind, yeah. I've got an example of one where um, I had, uh, I bought into a company that had a, they had a membership club. So for, you could basically, you could become a member and when you were traveling, you could uh, get discounts at hotels and, and bars. So, you know, it was a traveler's membership thing. And they said to me, we need to get this out. We need members, right? We, we, we've got all these sponsors, all these hotels and restaurants and stuff, but now we need members. So I just went to one of the big dating sites, one of the local, date, do you remember RSVP? Yes. Yep. And I said to them, hey, can we give away this membership to, I think they had, they had millions, millions of members. Can we give away, it was literally just a digital membership. Can we give it to all your members as a bonus from you? And the same thing, RSVP was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And because um, it made them look good because they gave away this free membership. We suddenly had a giant pool of members. And then the next phase was they actually ended up selling to Fairfax, which is a big media company. So we had then had access to give our memberships away to Fairfax, right? So which had, which had the entire media audience. So it's just amazing what you can do when you start thinking along those lines of, you know, who's got my customers already and how can I add value for them? Exactly. And you take it to the next level by also making sure people get paid in the process, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was talking to this company and I was talking to this gentleman. He built this company for six, to, uh, I think it was, no, it was eight years. He launched it in South Africa. What it was, was it was a brownie point system. So basically your Fitbit or whatever it is, your watch, it tracks your, you know, walking, et cetera, and it allocates brownie points. He then teamed up with an insurance company and said, for all the brownie points you get on your Fitbit, it tracks it on the website and then it rewards you. So when you do 10,000 steps, it gives you $5 off at the movies. It gives you $10 off at your shop, local shop, whatever it is. Now what's happened is it's become one of the biggest um, 
insurance providers in the world, this Brownie Points app has turned into its own little um, ecosystem. They have close to 200 million downloads, right? So think about this. An insurance company before was just selling insurance. Now they're selling you a longer, healthier, rewarded lifestyle. How? By the met methodology, which is the Fitbit. You use it, as you use it, you get all these points, which you can see on your dashboard, and then you can go and claim it at these different retailers. Right. Guess what all those retailers are? They're just sponsors, right? right. And so they're like, yeah, I want access to the database. Awesome. They've even done a, done a joint venture with Headspace, you know, in order to get access to the CEOs. All the CEOs who are using Headspace, which is an app for meditation, they now have access to them and selling them into their leadership programs, et cetera. This is- Once you, know, you get that kind of a database, you, you really is, the sky's the limit. Everybody wants to play, right? So, exactly. Yeah, and so, and, uh, which is where I'm building my business. I'm just all about, you know, building the community up and providing them great value. And then offering uh, what I'll be doing over the long term is, you know, I've done alliances with Jack Canfield, who is one of the most successful authors and most high integrity of all time. And he's in the legacy phase of his business where he just wants to spread the principles of success to as many people as possible. So I think we're all in the same space, which is that we just really, we see a world of pain coming in the economy over the next few years with uh, everything that's been happening. There has to be a fallout from the pandemic. Just look at this, this uh, at the moment, we've got a ship stuck in the Suez Canal, which is uh, causing a, they reckon it's gonna be billions and billions of dollars in insurance claims and, disruption to you know to retailers and think about the poor retailers on the other side of that who can't get their stock right so there's going to be a lot a lot of opportunities for people who are smart in business i see in the next probably 20 there's there's always been opportunities for people to understand business yeah in, in the biggest transitions you know uh, the great depression the gfc all of those are transitions of wealth and the ones who adapt and you know really focus and create that wealth this is the time for you this is the time to think smarter think outside the box don't be a victim don't sit there and go i'm going to wait until everything comes comes back to normal there is no normal there never has been a normal people think that there's a normal but there's no normal there's, the world has always been changing and adapting if you think about the difference from 2000 to 2010 2010 to 2020 right now sid i could write a book i could literally write a book in a weekend and if I wanted to, I didn't, I wouldn't even have to write it. I could dictate it. There's mm -hmm. AI that would translate it all. I could then send it to your team who could edit it and create we it. it. We could have it finished in a week. You could have it finished it's in all a week. Done yeah. I could have it up on Amazon selling and then there's methodologies around and then we can market it to hundreds of thousands of people because we have relationships exactly. with people who have huge mailing lists right so and we could get your book out to bestseller in no time which is what we do all the time and then you can become a bestseller which means you can get TED talks and you can get uh you know millions of views on your tedx video the the potential is amazing right now right you can get in the media but the most what i want to just enforce what you're saying i want to back you up and that is what we're seeing in our space is people are making money at 10 times the rate. They're improving their profitability in their businesses at 10 times the rate they did before the pandemic. The ones that are taking quick action and they're taking opportun the opportunities that are available up now. There is real estate deals that are unbelievably good right now. There are investment deals that are incredible. There are businesses that you can be buying up for a dollar. There is, you can take them over, right? There are... Um, opportunities everywhere right now and there's a lot of good businesses that can be greatly improved 
with a few improvements in technology. Wonderful. Yeah. So I'm so excited about what we're creating. I'm so excited about the people that we're going to meet, the joint ventures that we're going to do, the people whose lives we're going to impact because of this. You know, I'm so excited to. I can't wait for our retreats. Our once we start constructing retreats again, and we can go and travel to Greece and Mexico and yeah. um, Croatia, all the most you know some of the beautiful places, New Zealand. I built a team in Croatia just so I can go to Croatia and it's one of my favorite places in the whole world. I will, you know, I think 10 years ago we hired a yacht and sailed around for, for a month and it was just, I fell in love with that country. <laughs> so if you want to come and join us and come on the yachts and with the millionaires where we get to, my favorite, favorite thing to do is go on holiday to beautiful places with smart people and, and talk shop 24 <laughs> seven just my favorite That's so favorite. and you, you just can't do it in most environments correct and for some people who might be listening who think that these guys are talking about millions of dollars and big joint ventures and all these lists but you're still starting off guess what everybody had to start off somewhere it does not matter everybody started at the same starting point some people had advantages but guess what there's other people who had no advantage but they did it even better because they had drive so whatever you, you know, have. What? coming up soon on my podcast, I'm going to introduce them to somebody who started a business for a dollar. It now costs $20 to start this business. It's a uh, direct marketing. It's basically buying groceries from a direct marketing company. She's built yep. it up to a seven figure business in a year. Yep. So you don't need a lot of money to get started. You just need to have the right strategy, the right vehicle and a bit of uh, commitment and determination, right? 100%. Yeah. If you've got that hunger, nothing can stop you. Whether you join the mastermind or not, you're most likely going to be successful if you have that hunger. It makes no difference because if you're driven, the universe will provide for you and you will just get there. It doesn't matter what obstacles are in your way. So thank you, guys. Thank uh, you for listening. Thanks for your time uh, today. I know you've got work to do because I want you to go and check my email <laughs> so we can get this out to our thousands of people and start inviting them into the mastermind. So thanks again. And I just thought that it would be fun to have on the podcast and on the TV show, what we're doing, why we're doing it and show them a little bit more about how we think and how we build multi-million dollar businesses. So, and do it with sure. our friends. Exactly. Welcome. Welcome right. to the family. Welcome. See you. Thanks, Bye. Johan. Bye.